Morning, church family. Everybody's doing well. Thanks for being here today. We continue our study of 1 John. We're calling it Blessed Assurance. My lesson plan hasn't changed and it won't. I want you to know and John wants you to know and God wants you to know that you're saved and that you can have assurance of your salvation. You may not have grown up with that kind of teaching. You may have grown up with a lack of confidence, but John wants us to know that we can have assurance. Hopefully, these verses are becoming very familiar. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know, not wonder, not doubt, not hope, so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. And again, maybe you didn't grow up with a confidence. Maybe you were told you shouldn't have a confidence. But John says we can have confidence. The title of the sermon today, I'm not much into titles. You've seen that over the years. But if you were to put a title on the sermon today, it would be, You Have the Right to an Attorney. Now, you may have heard that phrase on television, you may have seen that phrase in the movies, you may have experienced that phrase in life, it goes something like this, you have the right to remain silent, anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law, you have the right to speak to an attorney and, you ha- and to have an attorney present during any questioning, if you cannot afford a lawyer, an attorney, one will be provided for you. It's called the Miranda rights or the Miranda warning. Let me explain that to you. It's a warning given by police to criminal suspects in police custody before they're interrogated to preserve the admissibility of their statements. If they don't read you your Miranda rights, the Miranda warning, then they cannot use your statements to incriminate you. Now, what do the Miranda rights have to do with our study from 1 John? My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He's the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We have one who speaks in our defense. You have the right to an attorney. Now, at various times in our lives, I'm sure you're familiar with, maybe you've already experienced, we all need a good attorney. We need a good lawyer. When my mom and dad passed away and I was the administrator of their stuff for my two brothers and two sisters, there were five of us, mom and dad blessed me with being the administrator of their stuff We hired an attorney to probate that estate. If you've ever filled out a will, maybe you've gone to an attorney. If you've ever broken the law for whatever reason and had to go to court, maybe you have had an attorney. And when we stand before God, since we are all guilty of breaking the law, you have the right to an attorney. Now... We mentioned in our last sermon that John uses the word sin nine times between verses chapter 1, verse 7 and chapter 2, verse 2. In a short period of time, he's going to mention and remind us that we all break the law. We are all sinners. Our problem is sin. 
and when it comes to our sin problem, we need an attorney. We need someone who speaks on our behalf. We mentioned in the previous two sermons that God wants to have fellowship with us. God wants to have fellowship with you. And in order for God to have fellowship with us, something has to be done about the sin problem. And God did that something. We mentioned that's what God brings to the table. He took care of our sin problem. That's why Jesus went to the cross. That's why Jesus died. That's why Jesus shed His blood. But John also wants us to know that God brings so much more to the table when it comes to sin and our ongoing sin problem. Because we're going to continue to sin. Jesus is also our attorney. Not just our Savior, but He's also our attorney. We have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Interesting. The word is advocate. Jesus is our advocate. The word means to come alongside. Someone who speaks on our behalf. Someone who pleads on our behalf. Someone who intercedes for us. We have a helper in the presence of the Father. We have an attorney. We have a counselor. We have an advocate pleading our case. It's used in the court of justice to denote counsel for the defense. This word's only used five times in the New Testament. And John is the only author who uses this word. He's the only writer. And he's painting the picture of a courtroom scene. Because we are all guilty of breaking the law. We're all on trial before God the Father. We're all on trial because of our sins. And just like in any courtroom, you have the right to an attorney. And you need good counsel. And John says, you have it. Jesus is our advocate. Now, you need to know something about the other attorney. You need to know something about the prosecuting attorney. His name is Satan. And here's how he is described. The devil was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He's the accuser of our brothers, who accuses them day and night. That's what Satan does. You're probably familiar with that. But he, because he accuses each and every one of us. He throws accusations at us. He throws out accusations about us. Day and night, 24-7, 365. Constantly throwing accusations saying, you have no right to be in relationship with God. You have no right to be in fellowship with God. You broke the law. You're a sinner. You can't have fellowship with God. You don't deserve to have your sins forgiven. You call yourself a Christian and you live like that. Constant accusations. And He robs us of our joy. And He robs us of our hope. And He puts doubts in us. And we start wondering if we're saved. And we start wondering if we have salvation. And we start wondering about our fellowship with God. This other attorney is constantly slamming us with accusations. I've probably shared this illustration with you before. I'll do so again. 
Maybe you've heard about a man named Jay Rathman. While he was hunting deer in northern California, he climbed to a ledge, and as he looked right over the top of this ledge, he sensed movement, and a coiled rattlesnake started his assault. With lightning speed, he just missed his ear, but in going past the ear, his fangs got caught in the sweater. And then he wrapped himself around Jay Rathman's neck. The fangs got snagged, so he grabbed behind the head with his left hand as he felt the warm venom going down his neck. And so as he fell backward and slid headfirst down this slope through the brush and lava rocks, his rifle and binoculars are bouncing with him, and he lands feet up, head down, and he's face to face with this rattlesnake. And this rattlesnake just keeps... Bam, 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 right below his eye. And he just keeps trying to avoid slam, bam, bam, bam. And he finally grabs it and chokes it to death. So much so, he had to pry his hands off of it when he finally threw it aside. Why do I share that story with you? Well, because... (laughs) We read in Genesis 3 that Satan is a serpent... And he's a snake, and we face his snake-like assaults every single day, just bam, bam, bam. Because that's what Satan's going to do. He's the accuser. He assaults us at work, he assaults us at school, he assaults at home. And then there are the assaults of physical pain and emotional pain and marital conflicts and financial assaults. That's what the other attorney does. He shows no mercy. And we keep wondering, when will these attacks ever end? And John wants us to know. I keep using that word know. Because he uses the word know, or known, or acknowledge, acknowledge, 40 times in this short letter. And when it comes to these constant accusations, and the constant assaults of Satan, John wants us to know, you have the right to an attorney. You don't have to listen to those accusations from Satan. When Satan starts throwing his accusations and we start having doubts and we lose our confidence and assurance and we get slammed every day, John says, just just remember, you have the right to an attorney. The Bible says we'll all stand before, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what's due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And so he said when those times come and when that time comes and when we stand before God, you need good counsel. And John says, again, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. One who speaks in our defense. All of those words are one word in the original Greek language. Again, it's the word advocate, lawyer, We need legal counsel, and Jesus is our advocate. You know why we have the right to an attorney? Because we have no business speaking for ourselves. You have the right to remain silent before God, and we should. But if we speak, we usually incriminate ourselves. Now... 
Notice he says, I write this to you so that you will not sin. Interesting. Jesus didn't go to the cross so that we would keep on sinning. Jesus went to the cross so that we would strive not to sin. So John says, I'm appealing to you not to sin. John knows that sin is what sent Jesus to the cross. John knows that sin is what separates us from God. John knows that sin is why that fellowship was broken. And John's not asking for perfection. He's just saying that as Christians, as we grow and mature, we should be sinning less. However, when we continue to sin, you have the right to an attorney. So John says, My dear children... He's not writing to people in the world. He's writing to my dear children. He's writing to Christ followers because he wants us to know what we have as Christ followers. He wants us to know what is available to us when we mess up, when we're disobedient, when we sin, when we're rebellious, when we're wayward, when we're struggling, when we're caught up in sin. We need someone who will speak in our defense because when we sin, again... The prosecuting attorney will always be there. The accuser is always there. Satan is always there telling God that we are guilty. And we are. And we get to believe in the other attorney instead of our attorney. Satan will have documentation that we are guilty. Compelling evidence undeniable, conclusive evidence that we are guilty of sin. And we are. We all are. And we just hope, we just hope that some evidence can be found that will show us to be not guilty. I mean, we've all seen those shows and we've watched the courtroom scenes where a person says, I'd like to just defend myself. I'll be my own attorney. And we're watching those shows and we're thinking, that's not a smart thing to do. Why would you want to represent yourself? And John wants us to know, why would you want to represent yourself when you have Jesus as your advocate? Wow. But listen, we try to defend ourselves every day. We try to represent ourselves every day. Listen, folks, you don't want to stand before God and represent yourself. You want to stand before God and have Jesus represent you. And the good news is we have a court-appointed attorney. And his name is Jesus Christ. Here's what we read in Hebrews. For Christ entered heaven itself to appear for us in God's presence. To appear for us. Put your name in there. Because Jesus is appearing before God on your behalf. Want to know what Christ is doing every day? He's advocating for us, pleading for us, representing us. And guess what? Jesus has never lost a case for anyone He's defended. So why would you want to represent yourself? Notice how John describes Jesus. He says, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Wow. Jesus Christ, the one who never broke the law. Jesus Christ, the one who went to the cross for us. Jesus Christ, who satisfies the justice of God. Jesus Christ, the Lamb without blemish. When Jesus stands before God, for us, God is going to look at Jesus, not us. 
Because Jesus is speaking in our defense. But John knows what we'll be thinking. John knows what we think every day. He knows when we stand before God, we still, for some reason, want to represent ourselves. Just in case God isn't impressed with Jesus, just in case God isn't impressed with our attorney, Jesus, we try to represent ourselves. You read it in the Bible, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and did we not drive out demons? Did we not? God, look at me. I'm representing myself. Look what I did. Did I not go to church my whole life? Did I not give to the poor my whole life? As if our attorney isn't enough. We want to stand before God and represent ourselves. So John wants us to know that representing us on that day is the only one who is sufficient to represent us on that day. Jesus Christ, who speaks to the Father in our defense. He's the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Here's what we read in Romans 3. God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God because of Jesus. You're not made right with God because of anything you do. Nothing. Zero. Zilch. The only thing we can bring before God is our filthy rags of sin. And that won't suffice. But we're made right with God because of Jesus. Listen, church. Jesus' defense is useless if we try to defend ourselves. His defense is useless if we continue to walk in darkness. His defense is useless if you think you can live any way you want to live. Now, I got an attorney. He'll cover me. That's an abuse of grace. Listen, Satan can't win the case as long as we trust our attorney. Satan can't win the case as long as you believe in your attorney. And if Satan can't win the case, the reason John wrote this little letter, then why do we continue to doubt our salvation? Why do we continue to have no assurance? Why do we continue to wonder? Why do we continue to hope? Why are we walking in fear? Listen, Romans 8. Christ Jesus who died and who was raised to life is at the right hand of God interceding for us. Wow. Jesus never stops defending us. So the next time Satan slams and accuses, just tell Satan, you're going to have to speak to my attorney. Your only hope today is to throw yourself at the mercy of the court. Your only hope today is to have a court-appointed attorney, Jesus Christ, who's never lost a case, who speaks to the Father in our defense. You have an opportunity today to be represented by Jesus Christ. But the only way you can be represented is to put your trust in Him, to believe in Him, to believe in what He can do for us. He's not looking for payment. He's looking for acknowledgement. If anyone confesses, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, Wow. So Jesus just wants us to acknowledge Him. How do you acknowledge Jesus? Well, we believe that the Bible teaches that you need to confess, acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe the Bible teaches that you need to repent of your sins, 
that you need to repent of trying to represent yourself. We believe the Bible teaches to be baptized into His name. And when you do that, we believe that Jesus is representing us before God, interceding for us, pleading our case. And when you do that, you can have assurance of your salvation. Because John says, I write this to you so that you will know, not hope, not wonder. I hope I've done enough. I hope I've given enough. I hope I've read my Bible enough. I hope. You don't have to hope. You don't have to wonder. You can know that you have salvation because you have the right to an attorney. Let's pray.